Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. So it is that time of year when you have to decide, okay, are we going to kick on the furnace? You know, we get this little window there, about a month, maybe a month and a half, where you don't need the air and you don't need the furnace. Right, yeah. Save a couple of dollars, open the windows. It's lovely. But uh, I noticed yesterday walking through the house that it was it was. It's it funny was cold. you say that. I, I just about broke yesterday. Did you? Yeah, I was I was crawling into the the covers for uh, a quick little lie down mm-hmm. uh, before we had some stuff to do in the afternoon. I I thought, wow, I'm freezing. Now, are you allowed to control the thermostat yes. in your house? Of course, yes. Of course, of course. <laughs> I'm a man. No, anyone can control it for Adrian or I. She's turn it up, turn it down. I turn it up, turn it down. Based on what we need. I never heard of that kind of thing. Do you know where the furnace is? In I your know house? where it is. I'm just not allowed to touch the thermostat. <laughs> I could be standing there with icicles hanging off my nose until the lovely Maria decides that it's going on. And I don't know where that started. Probably at some point we disagreed, had a healthy debate right. about either how cold it was in the house, because I like to crank the air up high. I, again, like to have icicles on my nose in August. Um, and uh, and I'm sure we went around and around in circles right. about how cold it should be or how hot it should be. And I just said, I give up. It you, is, you take care of it. It's interesting because... Um, you know, the temperature really, even if we vary it in the house, it's only by like like a few degrees, mm. right? Like, well, if we we're going to crank it up, it's like, oh, we turn it up three degrees, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's not like it's 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 going to like full bonfire stage <laughs> in, in our house. But I've always kind of felt guilty being home all day long mm. uh, and, and like through the middle part of the day after the show that, I, you know, I'd like, I don't want to turn on the heat, crank the heat all day long or, or have it air conditioning blasting all day. Mm. And, you know, have a 24 cycle of using energy because I'm home right. during that time, right? So I, I wouldn't say I've been suffering by any means. But I realize now that we have more people in the house during the day. that The temperature seems to uh, stay at a constant more often. I've just had to learn, even though I am home about 20 hours a day, right. that I just have to wear a sweater. Yeah. <laughs> Get used to it. Well, we might be digging out the extra blankets today. Yeah, because if, if Maria had an app on her phone that showed the heat had gone up. <laughs> they have those. Y'all show me. I don't want to let her know. She'd be, did you touch the thermostat? <laughs> did, did you touch the thermostat? And the other thing we have to start discussing is when do we book the uh, snow tires to go on? And I don't think I ever realized this. I think, like most people, just waited till uh, the threat of snow was coming, and then you'd have to wait three weeks to get into your mechanic. Right. But I just learned yesterday that once it gets below seven degrees is when you should uh, throw the snow tires on. Yeah, there's a good commercial that's on right now about that. And uh, that's where know, I heard it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what to say. It's seven, uh, less than seven degrees. Mm-hmm. Performance of the tires is impacted. So time to to. Get thinking about your winter tires. Yeah, and I never, never did. I was always an all-season guy. Never, never really had a problem. Um, but moving back here, I think most homes I lived into, I could, I could get a nice speed going down the street. Right, just hammer up into the driveway. Gotcha. But now I got to make a right and a sharp left, and I was constantly getting stuck. Yes, that's true. You got a chicane going into your driveway. I like that. Yeah, word. You like that? That's a chicane. A chicane. Oh, I got to look that up. Well, this is a typical, but I don't believe it's true. Men think they're better at pumpkin carving than women. (laughs) 
Men think they're better at everything than women, morons that we are. Uh, and I would disagree completely with that because I just think women are more willing to take the time and effort to get it right. Right. You know, we put a couple of circles, a triangle for a nose, uh-huh. throw a candle in it, and we think we've created art. I think we think we have better knife skills or power tools will yeah, do. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Oh, lovely Maria gets uh, right into it. Uh, I always enjoy the uh, the drunken pumpkin is my favorite display. Okay. And you have it lying on its kind of its back, and it's got the mouth open, and it's barfed up all the seeds. Right. And it's got beer cans around it. I mean, I already got the beer cans all over the front lawn <laughs> anyhow. That's true. It's, <laughs> it's an easy look. It's an easy go-to. You know me. I hate pumpkin, so mm-hmm. I, I found, I think, what we might be a good little hack this year. You just draw some eyes on it and then put a mask over it. Oh, perfect. Uh-huh. Yeah. No carving. No getting those guts out. And there's a wide variety of the gourds now, too, huh? You see the green ones, the Way white ones. Many. Yeah. It's a I mean, standard orange. And we get into it. Yeah, you drive by some of these pumpkin patches just filled with families. Uh-huh. Meanwhile, they got they got skids and massive boxes of them right outside the grocery store. Yeah. But you got to go waltzing through a field and doing the farmer's work for them. Right. Yeah, well, we feel guilty later on in life if we don't Take do some kids. things with family. Yeah. See? Family. Nightmare. Do you have a brother or a sister? Do you have a sibling? Are you uh, constantly battling with them even in adulthood? Do you have a sibling rivalry going on that's lasted your entire lifetime? Many, many adults say they do. (laughs) Uh, It starts as a competitive thing as a kid and never really ends. Some say they still argue over who they believe their parents' favorite child was. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, and I think uh, I've said this to you in the past. I think if we're all very honest with ourselves... As much as we love our children, and we love them equally, somewhere in there we favor one over the other. A little bit. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's not, at times, perhaps, definitely, at, at times, when uh, when one's behaving badly, the other seems to look a lot better at those moments. I'll tell you what I believe it is. Mm. I believe that uh, if you have two children... Chances are one of them is going to have more personality traits and resemble either you or your spouse. Right. Okay. So I can say, because both of my boys aren't listening right now, never really did. Yeah. um, Daniel and his mother are very similar. Right. And David and I are very similar. Okay. Both in looks and just, uh, I think, personality. And so there, on some level, I've always been probably a little easier on Daniel. Right. Because, of course, I fell in love with his mother, and there's aspects of her personality. So you could look at your children the same way and go, well, okay, I could see that. Right. Or I guess it could be as the years wear on, there's things about your spouse that drive you crazy <laughs> that you now see in your child. <laughs> there could be that as well, I guess. Can you divorce a child? And, um, and I think also there is the uh, male-female thing, too. Now, you have two boys. I have two boys. So right. we, don't, we never experienced having a daughter, but I would suggest that a father would probably always be softer, kinder, easier on a daughter than he would a son. Yeah, I, I mean, I was an only child, so I, I don't really have uh, anything to speak on on that influence for myself for having a sibling and, and any kind of rivalry in that way. Uh, but I find it interesting being an only child and having you know siblings or two kids mm. um, is that it drives me nuts when they don't get along, mm. right? And and I remember seeing it in my my friends and mm-hmm. their their siblings, of course, and it always has that, but I. You know, I I tend to go to them, 
you know, when they have their disagreements and after they've settled down and say, look, you know, when it's all said and done, you will always have each other. Right. He's, yeah, I use he's that your speech. brother. He's your brother for life. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, you might hate him right now, but in the end, you know, you better stay close to him because I know in my reality that when it's all said and done, I'm alone. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's kind of an odd feeling that way. Yeah, I, I, I can see that. Uh, certainly since the passing of my sister many years ago, it, it, you do kind of have that feeling like, well, when my parents are gone, I'm going to be a bit of an orphan. Even, yeah. Even even as an adult. Right. You know, you have that kind of. That odd, weird feeling in your gut. And also, you know, and, and what you've experienced as well is when your parents get sick, mm. it's on you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's 100%. You alone and, and you know, if, you know if, if Maria, hopefully you've married someone who can help you out in that, mm. in that sense as well. Because it, it can be very difficult if you've got to care for a parent. Yeah, I remember, well, when I was living in Windsor but working here, my mom was uh, in the final stages of her life. And a couple of times I got the phone call. Like, I would drive up from Windsor, get to Markham to my brother-in-law's, get into bed about 10 o'clock on a Sunday. 1 a.m., my phone rings from the hospital. you got to get back down here. She's probably not going to see the morning. I get right. back in the car. Drive down. I go in the room and she's still alive. And I'm saying, "Look, I'm going to kill her. I've had enough of this now." And I end up saying to the doctors on the phone all the time, "I'd be like, okay, if it was your mom, right? What would you do?" And they go, "Well, I'd get in the car and drive down here. All right, well, so that's what I'll do." But um, yeah, you know, I said the same thing to my boys because honestly, uh, from what I can see of your boys, they have their fights, but they for the most part seem to get along. Right. Daniel and David couldn't stand each other. Oh, really? Forever they couldn't stand each other, and I always did. And I and I look back now with some regret in that I used to do this: just leave each other alone. If you can't stand one another, just get out of each other's face. And it bothered me that they didn't play together or hang out. They had their separate friends, their separate lives. Now, they live, they don't live together now, of course, because David is away. He'll be home at Christmas. When they do see each other now, they seem good with each other. Right. They, they've, they've, they've grown into adults. They've, you know, given up whatever it was that drove them crazy. And David will even say to this day that he was just a complete pain in the ass. Right. And he knows he drove Daniel crazy. Um, and so, yeah, it hurts when you see your kids really angry with one another. Mm. Um, and I know, listen, I know some who don't talk to each other. Mm-hmm. And I think, boy, what a, what a waste. All right? Like, yeah, it's I so, guess. Uh, it's so tough you know, to, to, to watch that. Just, and again, knowing that you know, later on in life, mm-hmm. you, you, you never know what the hell could happen. You might need a kidney you know, or, right. or, or something crazy like that. And you think, boy, you know, you've, you've got... One family, mm. right? Uh, yeah. And I know you don't have. I'm not saying you have to. And I've said this to my boys: you don't have to. You don't have to be best friends. Mm. You know, I like the fact that they they are in mm. many senses. You know, they don't have to always get along. Mm. But in the end, they have to always make up. In my mind, yeah, yes and no. I mean, I understand the, the, the idea of family and staying connected. But uh, just because your family doesn't, you know, you share blood, but you don't have to share much else. You were kind of forced into a relationship due to birth, right? Uh, You don't pick your uh, family, you pick your friends, and most of your family wouldn't be a friend. So I can understand how some siblings would go their their own way. Yeah, I don't know. I've always come from a close-knit family, Mm. so I guess that plays into it for me. But I... Listen, you're connected by blood. You don't get much more connected than that. Yeah, but personalities play into it, too. Like, you're lucky in that, that your two boys have things in common, right. sports being one of them. 
Daniel couldn't stand sports. He did all of it. Forced him to play soccer, and he begrudgingly did that. Mm. David loves sports. So they never, you know, say connected by playing hockey in the driveway right. or n- none of that. So, you know, a lot of times there's there's that. Yeah. But then that can also cause the, the say, fights, too. Yeah, they, they connect playing it yeah. and then they connect punches while they play it, yeah. too. Yeah, well, and I'm sure there's, you know, somewhere in, in the boys as they continue with whatever hockey they play, one is more successful at it than the other. That's going to drive the other one crazy. Yeah, oh, yeah. Those things uh, get there's, under there your skin. There are sibling rivalries, of yeah. course, yeah. And sometimes that could be a good thing too, because sometimes it forces the other one to step up their game if they, if they see their brother or sister moving ahead. Um, but it carries on through all stages of life. Uh, the number one thing that we fight about as siblings is career success. If if one oh. goes farther ahead than the other, okay, you know that that see that can be a real tough situation too. If if the if if one is uh, hugely successful, you see it kind of in actors, right? You know, one's this massive movie star, and the other one works at a gas station. Yeah, the Hanks. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> the Howards. Housing success is also a big one. Like if one owns the house first, or one has the bigger, nicer home. Right. And other uh, battles include sports, as we mentioned, cooking, parenting, who drives the better car, who got the better grades in school, who gives the best gifts at Christmas. Right. Well, it's it's interesting. I mean, I know the hockey background. How many times you'll find it that the younger sibling mm. tends to be a little better than the older one. Mm-hmm. And only because, not only, but in part because they're driven to beat them. Mm-hmm. Right. And they're always challenged by them and have to play against them. Yeah. You know, in the driveway and all the battles. Yeah. And and the younger the younger one is usually uh, fighting for a little more ground overall. You know, the firstborn is the most pampered, the most baby, the one with the most photos, the one with the most videos, shots taken. Like I always joke with Daniel and David that we have every second of Daniel's life from the, you know, the minute he was born till he was about 18 on video. I think we got a photo of David when he was born, and I think we recently took one of them. <laughs> we got a museum full of photos of Daniel, and I think two of David. I've heard many actors say that they uh, refuse to watch themselves on screen, that they, they don't like doing it, and I, I've always thought that was so strange. Certainly, I would think when you're starting out, you'd always want to see yourself, because maybe you could you know, figure out uh, ways of improving or things mm. you don't want to do anymore. Um, or if I was an actor and, you know, you your term remote drop, I, I have to believe that if I was an actor and I'm at home and I'm walking by the TV one day and out of the corner of my eye, I see me in a film I was in, how can you not stop and watch? Right. But uh, there are many who say uh, they hate doing it. Uh, Emma Stone, she's uh, she said she saw some of Easy A... And she went to a friends and family screening to see it and had to get up and walk out. And she said, who wants to watch themselves for that long? Yeah, I could see bits and pieces, you know, of, of uh, movies, mm. sex scenes. You want to see how did I look? <laughs> um, Was I arching my back enough? Right. right. <laughs> or how did she look? Uh-huh. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I can only imagine if you're a perfectionist, you're wondering, like, what? take did they mm. use mm-hmm. right or you know or you look at it going oh i can't believe they used that one i did it so much better mm-hmm. um and, and you know in so many in so many ways sometimes you're you are your own worst critic and i think i'm great in everything i do <laughs> adam driver he says he's only seen the pilot of girls he says i haven't watched the show i saw the pilot and i learned my lesson i can't help but see the mistakes as you just mentioned mm. Maggie Smith says she's never seen Downton Abbey. 
She says, because it's frustrating. I always see things that I would like to do differently. And I think, oh, why in the name of God did I do that? Yeah. Joaquin Phoenix, he tries not to watch any of his movies. He said, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson, the director, got me to watch The Master, and I saw her. Those are the only two I've ever seen. Okay. Johnny Depp says he doesn't recall ever watching Edward Scissorhands, but he will watch Tim Burton films that he's not in. Okay. Constance Wu says she stopped watching anything after Crazy Rich Asians because she doesn't want to be self-critical or dwell on the past. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really think it's... It's somewhat ego-driven, but at the same time, I think there's so uh, a perfectionist nature mm. and so critical of yourself. Always bugged me, too, about actors when they were being uh, interviewed, and one of the questions would be, oh, how'd you get into the business? And I always felt it was so insulting to other actors who have tried really hard and not gotten anywhere. The breaks just didn't go their way. And it was always the same story about how they never really wanted to get into it. They were they were forced. Some friends got them to do a play in high right. school, and a, an agent spotted them. And they're carrying this burden of having so much talent that they really, you know, didn't ask for. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, shut the hell up. Then give it up and go drive a truck. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's some poor bugger who's doing local theater his whole life, who's just dying for a TV commercial. Right. Can't get anywhere. Oh, I just, I was just standing. I was, try- I was trying on uh, lipstick at the local uh, pharmacy, and this guy just came up and said, you should be in the movies. Right. <sighs> Mel Brooks, back in 1981, made a movie called The History of the World Part One. Oh, you've talked about this before. Love this movie. I thought it was so funny. Uh, I have not seen it in a very long time, but I remember going to this movie with my best friend and his parents in my... Buddy's mom was so straight-laced, and there was such blue material in this movie (laughs) that she was freaking out. Like, it almost got embarrassing how she reacted at at certain things. Right. And uh, so at the end of History of the World Part 1, there's a trailer for History of the World Part 2, where Mel Brooks promises to bring Hitler on ice and Jews in space. (laughs) And I just thought, and I remember it was a whole thing with Hitler, like, figure skating, it was, uh, seemed so funny, and it just never happened. In History of the World Part 1, it was basically a film with skits based on several points in human history, prehistoric times, and the Spanish Inquisition. Well, Hulu is making it now, Part 2. It's an eight-episode series. Mel will be one of the writers, and he says, I can't wait to once more tell the true story uh, and get rid of the phony baloney stories that the world has been conned into believing for history. Okay. History of the World Part 2 coming out. Is he going to make another Blazing Saddles? That would be good. <laughs> don't think he can do that now. I, I don't know what you can still no. include in it. No. <laughs> Can't even ask where the white women are at anymore. <laughs> Texas A&M University offers a class on Texas barbecue that teaches the history of barbecue, cooking methodology, flavoring and seasonings, and different types of barbecue. Wow. The class is in the fall and held on Friday afternoons. Okay. So, money so, well spent. Sounds tasty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I don't, is there enough to fill? I guess or, it's, it's cooking, right? And with all the, the back history. I guess so. I don't know what you would do with that as a, I'm assuming that doesn't become anybody's major. Right. Yeah, part of a culinary program, perhaps. Maybe, yeah. Rain contains the vitamin B12. Oh, yeah. So if you're lacking in it, go stand out there in the rain. Canada was almost named Efsigia. Efsigia. Oh, Efsigia. <laughs> Which stood for England, France, Ireland, Scotland, Germany, and Aboriginal. 
Oh. Yeah. Sigia. I Canada. Sounds nicer. Uh-huh. Times Square was originally called Long Acre Square. It was renamed in April of 1904 when the New York Times moved its headquarters there. Gotcha. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Wonder Woman is the highest grossing World War I movie by far. It's made almost $413 million at the box office. 1917 is number two, followed by a film called War Horse and Lawrence of Arabia. Oh. Now, speaking of Wonder Woman, the original Wonder Woman, Linda Carter, she uh, showed up for a cameo in the Wonder Woman 1984 in the credits as they were rolling. Okay. But now she is going to return for the third Wonder Woman movie. She says, who would have thought at this time of my life that this gift would be presented to me? It's just so cool. She played Wonder Woman for three seasons from 1976 to 79, and she turned 70 this summer. Wow. Yeah. Can she still remember where she parked the jet? No, probably not. She can't see it. Uh, Well, that's the problem. As you're aging, Mm -hmm. it's tough to remember where things are, and if you got an invisible jet, that's Mm got to be even tougher. I mean, I I always was a fan of Linda Carter as a young man. She's a very attractive woman. I don't know if she's going to be sliding into that Wonder Woman suit anymore. (laughs) Uh, babies are born with around 300 bones, but over time they fuse together, making the final count of 206 that we have as adults. Right, yes. Fedoras were originally designed for women. Oh. Became a... I've always wanted to maybe get into uh, wearing a hat of some sort. You gotta... Uh, it's a look. It's a real look. And, I mean, anything, even the baseball cap has mm. changed so much because you got the flat brim ones now. I hate, that, fl- now I hate that flat brim. All kinds of different looks, uh, full backs, yeah. snap backs. Mm-hmm. And, but when you start getting into, like, real hats, like bowlers or fedoras, like, you got to have the right shaped head mm-hmm. and, and face to go along with it, too. Yeah, it's a bold move. And, it and, is. And one that you have to be willing to put up with some ridicule out of the gate. Definitely. And then people might settle down. I mean, I went with the leather cowboy hat for a, for a moment until <laughs> I was so mocked by my friends that I gave it up. Did you really? Oh, yeah, it was a good look. <laughs> I was young, too. Like, I might have been, like, like, grade six, seven, or eight, something like that. Loved this leather cowboy hat. Thought it was... So cool. Yeah, until someone tells you it's not. And then they called me a name that, you know, doesn't fly these days. Right. Oh, the sad tale of the Luna Moth. The Luna Moth only survives six or seven days once reaching adulthood. Okay. Because because it has no mouth and dies of starvation. Their sole purpose in life is to reproduce. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So look in the mirror this morning and say, well, at least... (laughs) I'm not a Luna Moth. Rock Mornings with Craig Venn and Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.